How can you even defend a position you believe blindly or never even truly studied? Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses are not Christians. They believe in an entirely different Jesus, a Jesus that never even existed. Is your life here on earth meaningless and purposeless? Ask Bertrand Russell. He says that our existence here is pitiless indifference. Being in a Christian home makes your kids no more a Christian than them standing in the garage makes them a car. They need to hear the gospel of Christ and receive the free gift of salvation personally. Welcome to Contending for Christ Apologetics, where we contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This episode is actually part of a four-part series out of my book that I publish, Investigating Lordship Salvation. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking into four passages that seem to have been misinterpreted and misapplied by many people out there. We're going to see these passages are misunderstood and actually irreconcilable with the grace-based salvation which requires works to be evident to be a Christian or a genuine Christian. Through this four-part series, it's my hope and my prayer that we'll all see that the typical Reformed teaching of these passages are in fact in conflict with sola fide and sola gratia and not the correct interpretation. Alright, so today we're looking at the final passage in this four-part series that we looked at four main passages, with today being the fourth, that Lordship Advocates, that Calvinists, that Reformers use to try to teach that you must perform good works to be saved or to prove yourself a genuine Christian. And the passage we're looking at today is 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians here is, is to the Calvinists a litmus test of genuine conversion. Is where Paul says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. You see, Lordship Salvation Advocates, they, they commonly mention the requirement for a Christian to look inwardly to see if they are a true, genuine believer. To look inwardly to see if they're bearing fruit and doing good works. Fruit worthy of repentance. And again, this begs the question on, how often, how much good works must one bear in order to prove themselves a genuine Christian? And are we proving ourselves or are we proving to other people or are we trying to prove to God that we're genuine Christians? This is one of the areas, one of the passages where reformers love to use that, again, I would argue that they are taking it out of context. You see, one of the first rules of biblical interpretation is actually identifying the audience. Who is the letter written to? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, looking at the immediate context, we see that Paul calls these people beloved. We see this in chapter 12, verse 19. And then he calls them brethren in chapter 13, verse 11. Now, sometimes when Paul uses the word brethren, he's talking about countrymen. He's talking about fellow Jews. But he's clearly writing to the Corinthian church here, a church full of Gentiles. He's writing to beloved brethren Christians. Because these terms are not typically used for unbelievers outside of Jewish brethren, which this wouldn't be the case here in 2 Corinthians. We can see proof of this by Paul's letters in his verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, 3, verse 5, 15, verse 2, 15, 11, 15, 14, 15, 17, 16, 13, and 2 Corinthians 1, 24 and 10, 15. Also, the very letter is addressed in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. So the audience, these are Christians that Paul is writing to. Therefore, verse 5, Paul is admonishing these believers to determine 
not if they're in Christ, but whether they're in the faith. And there is a difference. You see, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and Galatians chapter 3, verse 21, that a believer is said to be in Christ upon salvation and conversion. However, the same believer can also be weak in the faith, Romans 4.19 and 14.1, and should stand in the faith, 1 Corinthians 16.13, and should continue in the faith, Colossians 1.23, and be established in the faith, Colossians 2.7, and be sound in the faith, Titus 1.13. Christians are not admonished to remain in Christ. Christians are admonished to remain in the faith, pointing to the fact that a Christian will always be in Christ, but they may not always be in the faith. You see, the word reprobate, Paul uses in 13 verse 5, is actually an interesting word. It's the Greek word adikaimos. I most likely mispronounced it, but it's the same Greek word that Paul actually uses in 1 Corinthians 9.27 when he's talking about he doesn't want to appear a castaway, or in other words, disapproved or unfit in his ministering. The actual antonym of this word, or the opposite, is doikaimos, which is found in 2 Timothy 2.15, where Paul says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. The approval or disapproval, the castaway Paul uses, is going to be visible at the judgment seat of Christ with either the reception or the loss of rewards based upon faithful Christian service. Is Dr. Wilkin that points out that Paul who had no doubt of his assurance of salvation, was concerned with possibly being disapproved of God at times in his walk. So regarding 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Paul is admonishing the Corinthian church, the Christians, to look inwardly to see if they are living in the faith, holy and godly lives, if they're bearing fruit for God's honor and glory, or if they're living carnal lives as Christian, or immature lives as as Christians, because Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 3, 3 through 4, and Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. It's the same idea that James tells the brethren, Christians, that faith needs to be active and operative. A Christian should not have a dead faith, or a lifeless faith, or an inactive faith. And Peter actually brings a similar point home that a Christian should be looking up for the return of Christ, and be diligent serving, so that we might be found in him peace without spot and blameless. 2 Peter 3.14 Why? So we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant, Matthew 25.23, rather than rebuke and admonishment at the bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ. And this is actually consistent with Paul's other letters he's wrote, he's wrote, he's written, in Romans 14.10-13. 1 Corinthians 3, 10-15, 9, 24-27, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10, Galatians 5, 19-21, 6, 7-9, Ephesians 5, 5-7, Philippians 3, 11-14, Colossians 1, 21-23, and 2 Timothy 2, 12-15. So examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. A believer, a Christian, should regularly examine their walk with God, their relationship, Similar to how one examines their relationship with their spouse or their parents or their children. Are you close? Are you distant? Are you hindered? Are you estranged? Blessings and fruit come from abiding in Christ, John chapter 15. 
and abiding is the result of a communion and proper relationship with God. But know that this examination is not to determine one's relationship with the family, but rather one's distance or closeness to the family. Thanks for listening. We pray this ministry glorifies God and edifies you, the listener. For more great content, including videos, blogs, newsletters, and a free ebook, check out our website at c4capologetics.weekly.com. You can also email us at c4capologetics at gmail.com with questions or ideas for future episodes. We truly appreciate you. Please like, share, and comment on this episode, and don't forget to subscribe for future episode notifications. Thanks for checking in, and remember to be bold and keep contending for Christ.